Part One, Chapter Five of Recollections of the Revolution and the Empire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. 1787. The Marriage Preliminaries. The last trip which I made to Montpellier during the winter of 1786 and 1787 was to me the most brilliant of all. Nevertheless, I was very desirous of returning to Paris, where my fate was to be decided. We set out sooner than I had expected. My uncle had promised this year to visit Marseille and Toulon before our return to Paris. I was rejoicing at this arrangement when a courier arrived with the news of the convocation of the first assembly of the notables, of which my uncle was a member. It was necessary, therefore, to set out for Paris the day after the closing of the session of the States, and to give up our visit to Marseille and Toulon. My uncle, who was not feeling very well, wished to spend the night at Fontainebleau, so that he might not be too fatigued on his arrival at Paris, and be able to go the next morning to Versailles. We always found our house ready for us, as though we had not left it at all. The evening of our arrival there were several visitors, among whom was a fat German named Comte de Bentheim, whose wife was a friend of my grandmother's. My uncle at once asked him the news of Paris. He replied, Madame de Montconseil is dead. I turned pale, and my uncle, noticing my agitation, said to me in English that this would not in any way change our plans. For several days I heard nothing except conversation regarding the death of this Madame de Montconseil, of the grief of her daughter Madame Denine, and of her grandson, Monsieur de Gouvernet, who had taken care of her in an admirable manner. Monsieur de Gouvernet, in the absence of his father, took occasion at once to notify my uncle that the loss of his grandmother would in no way change his desire for his union with our family. He demanded permission of my uncle to go to his father and tell him personally that his demand for my hand would be satisfactory to me and my family. Upon the affirmative response of my great-uncle, he immediately set out for Bordeaux. Before the week was over, he had returned from Beuil, where he had talked with his father, and had arranged to have him write a letter to make a formal demand for my hand. It was settled that he should present himself the following morning at my grandmother's house, but that he was not to see me until after the articles were signed, which was the usage at that time. This memorable morning I hid myself behind a curtain, and saw Monsieur de Gouvernet descend from his carriage and enter the house. He remained a quarter of an hour, and it was arranged that the articles should be signed as soon as they could be drawn up by the notary. The arrangements were not terminated before the end of the week, and in the meantime Madame Denin paid a visit to my grandmother. She asked to see me, as I had expected. I was so much afraid of this grande dame, so elegant and imposing, who was going to examine me from head to foot, that I could hardly control myself on entering the room. She took my hand and kissed me, and then exclaimed, Ah, la belle taille, elle est charmante, mon neveu est bien heureux. This visit took place, I think, the eve of the day on which the articles were to be signed. 
it was not customary for the young lady to be present at the reading of the articles but as soon as this was over i was sent for i was placed beside madame denis and my aunt lady jerningham who took pity on my embarrassment my toilette was very simple i had requested my grandmother to let me order it myself at that time the gowns which were worn were laced behind and plainly indicated the figure they were therefore called sheaths my robe was of white gauze without any ornaments with a sash of dark blue ribbon with fringed ends of brilliant english silk from this time on monsieur de gouvernet came every day for dinner or supper either at paris or at versailles where my uncle was established since the commencement of the meeting of the notables my grandmother and i remained at paris but every day at one thirty we set out for versailles where we arrived for dinner at three o'clock monsieur de gouvernet had presented to my uncle his brother-in-law the marquis de lamette and two brothers of the latter charles and alexandre the fourth brother theodore whom i knew later was not there at the time finally the meeting of the notables ended and my uncle returned to paris where the day of the signature of the contract was arranged for the first of may i do not now recall the details of my toilette but i think that it must have been rose or blue for the white robe was reserved for the day of marriage a few days previously i had made the acquaintance of my future father-in-law the comte de la tour du pin he was a little man but very erect very well built and had been handsome in his youth he had admirable teeth fine eyes an air of assurance and a charming smile he had served during the seven years war as colonel of the regiment called les grenadiers de france which was composed of the elite of all the other regiments the queen who approved of my marriage expressed the desire to see me and asked my uncle to bring me to her together with madame denin the day of my visit at versailles i found myself in the presence of the queen without really knowing how i got there she kissed me and i kissed her hand she made me sit down beside her and asked me a thousand questions regarding my education and so on but i was too embarrassed to reply finally taking pity upon my diffidence the queen talked with my uncle and madame denin i'm afraid that my timidity made an unfavourable impression on the queen which was perhaps never effaced we went to montfermeil about the eighth or tenth of the month of may seventeen eighty seven as it was not the etiquette of the time for the futur to sleep under the same roof with the young lady whom he was to marry monsieur de gouvernet came every day from paris for dinner and remained until after supper in the vast wardrobes had been brought together the fine trousseau which my grandmother had given me the price of which exceeded forty five thousand francs it was composed of linens laces and muslin dresses it was not a single silk dress the corbeil which had been given me by monsieur de gouvernet comprised jewels ribbons flowers feathers and so on the present of madame denis was a charming tea-service of silver gilt complete in every respect with sevres porcelain 
I think that this gave me more pleasure than anything else. My grandfather, Viscount Dillon, sent me a pair of earrings which cost 10,000 francs. I had also received from Monsieur de Gouvenet a fine collection of English and Italian books, also of English engravings, for which I was very grateful. End of part one, chapter five.